What's up, Hawaiians, and aloha. Hey, you Hawaiians out there, both near, far, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for joining me back in for another podcast episode of A Hawaiian Podcast. My personal podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, I am your host, Kalei2K. I'm basically the only one here. Just sharing my thoughts and feelings on life and things that go on in my life. And hopefully, 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 it'll help you out in your own personal life as well. Maybe you'll learn something and I can basically get some stuff off my chest, thoughts, feelings, whatever that may be, venting, (laughs) all that good stuff. This is basically my personal therapy session. I enjoy this stuff. So uh, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time, welcome. Okay. Um, Let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into it with our opening segment of Mana'o Moment. So... Um, I don't know, for some reason this week has been weird. The weather's been hot, then freezing in the night, then raining the next day, then, you know, and then back to heat again. I've, I, um, I've sweated where I was at work. I, I sweat at work and I freeze at work at the same time. I didn't understand how that worked, how that made sense to anybody. To myself, I was like, in the beginning of the day, it'll start off hot. I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is perfect. Then in the middle of the day, it starts raining, starts snowing, starts hailing. Then it stops and it gets hot again. I'm like, this, I don't understand what's going on. Jesus, are you bowling up there? What's going on? Are you rolling dice? Are you playing with an eight ball trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to give them today? Nope, not this. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's been kind of a weird weather uh, regardless, but I am thankful because we do need water for the, for the grass around us. My grass needs some water. Um, we also do need the sunshine so that we know that we're getting slowly moving into summertime. So I appreciate it. Maybe that's just how spring weather works, but it is kind of funky. The weather out here in Utah, nevertheless, it is what it is. And we just got to learn how to deal with it. But I am thankful for the, um, I am thankful for the weather regardless. Okay. So now moving forward, I just, I had to get that off my chest cause it was just funky this week. Uh, moving forward, I wanted to talk about opportunities and moments and um it's been something that's been on my mind because um when i reflect on my life and i notice how things are going on in my life today that maybe you know back in my own personal life different opportunities came that allowed me to have these special moments that I get to experience. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a good special moment, or maybe it's a bad special moment, or a bad moment uh, in general. And so what I'm trying to get to the point is that a lot of us we set goals. We look forward to the ultimate moment that we will achieve, um, whatever that goal may be. So, for example, um, buying a new house or buying your first house. Like my family and I haven't bought our own house yet. We're we're still renting, but I am striving, that is our goal, my wife and I have that as a goal, that moment that we will have a home is um, going to be our special moment, right? Uh, Some may be, you know, simple as driving a car or having your first child, you know, you prepare yourself for those moments and there are other people who allow, uh, you can call it fate, you can call it destiny, they don't expect it to happen, but those special moments do happen to them 
You know, it could be winning the lottery or um, getting your name pulled in a raffle ticket. You know, stuff like that. For some reason, my wife is very good at those kind of competitions. Um, other than that, I really don't. I'm not very good at that stuff. Once in a blue moon will I get it. Majority of the time when my wife, when my wife enters those type of like raffle ticket stuff, she always gets it. I don't know. I don't understand. She's got some magic powers. Um, so the reason why I'm talking about that is because in life, when we go through what we go through, for me personally, um, we don't realize the small little opportunities that we took to get to that main goal. So let me keep that up for an example. Buying a um, let's let's make it a realistic example. For my wife and I moving to Utah, it took us a couple years. It took us about four years after we were dating. We talked about how she had an experience here prior to meeting me. How I had an experience here prior to meeting her. We ended up talking about you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, we came up and visited. Um, we had the opportunity to visit um, Utah and stay with her family and get to just be just, before we had any kids, it was just me and her. We got the chance to visit Utah, got a chance to drive through here, experience it, see what we liked together, um, what we wanted, you know, and um what we liked together, what we didn't like together, where we were going to go, like, w did we have plans on where we wanted to stay, all these different things. And then the moment came, even down to the last minute, when we finally got to Utah, and we finally got an apartment to start our life in, we were just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with, with feelings of, feelings and emotions that, you know, it's, it's like... It, it was just something new to us because we had never done something like this on our own. We had never left Hawaii to live on our own, by ourselves, with someone we loved, starting our own family. So when we first came to Utah to do that whole visitors, whatever, touristy thing, we didn't have our first daughter. When we finally moved, we had our first daughter. And... The opportunities we took along the way, whether it was a minor setback or two steps forward, taught us something along that path, right? To help us achieve the fact that we moved. And we pushed through a lot. We went through a lot, both up and down. And I remember one opportunity we had was just to apply for an apartment. Now, we didn't know if we were going to get it. We didn't know if we were going to either stay at her uncle's home because he invited us to live there or if we were going to struggle figuring out how we were going to do this. If we were going to live in our car for a week or two or a month and figure out how we were going to survive and make it on our own. Because I was a person that I could not stay with anyone because it would be just tough for me. My mentality is too many kings in one castle. It's like two tigers sharing one mountain. It doesn't happen very often. And there's always a battle. There's always a struggle, whether it's physically or mentally, right? So for me, I just can't, I couldn't do that. But we put all our eggs in this basket with every small opportunity that came, whether it was 
collecting money here and there, doing small, you know, small things here and there that we could put money on the side, working extra hours, um, filling out this this apartment application, and book even down to <laughs> booking the flights. We booked flights. <coughs> excuse me. We booked flights and made arrangements before we even had an apartment here in Utah. And we put all those opportunities together because we were hoping that that moment we were looking forward to having, which was completing our move and finding a place, we were hoping that that would happen, that that would take place. And let me be honest, we flew to Oahu. We flew from Big Island Hilo to Oahu to spend time with family. And it wasn't until we were leaving the island of Oahu that we got a phone call from the apartment saying, you guys have been approved for an apartment. When you arrive, you will have a key and you will have an apartment waiting for you. We didn't know what, we're gonna, what was going to happen. Literally the day we were flying out, before we got on the plane, that message came in. I, you know, we went back and forth with them for a while doing paperwork and whatnot. That message came in and it worked. We were able to move here. As soon as we landed, we went straight to the apartment complex, picked up the keys from the, the management, went to the third floor of this building, and on the door was a K. And my last name, Kamala Malama, starts with a K. It was just, it just felt like it was meant to be. It felt like it was meant to be. And the fact that I got a job here without even having a sit down personal interview, face to face, was already approved. Yep, I was. I had an on the phone interview. I gave them everything, all my details and everything like that that was gonna happen, when we were supposed to land, where we were supposed to live and all this other stuff. I was making stuff up because I didn't know if we were gonna actually get the place. But we finally did, like a week or two later, got went straight to work and we've been working and hustling ever since. <clears throat> Now, the reason why I brought that up is because all those little opportunities that took place for that big moment, that big moment came and it went, okay? That experience of, of pure joy and passion when we walked into a small two-bedroom apartment, that joy was just out of this world. It, feel, it's like a, it like filled the room with light. That's how it felt like to me. But that moment came and went. The most valuable thing that I can remember from that were the opportunities that took place for us to achieve that moment. Yes, it, some of it was a struggle, but it was a learning opportunity. A lot of times people look forward to the moment being, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what's gonna be best for me. Let's say example, a million dollars, okay? Somebody wants to go be a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever it may be. And they struggle, they fight, they go through every little obstacle, every little opportunity that was presented to them. A lot of no's, a couple of yeses, a thousand more no's, a couple more yeses. But they eventually get to that point where they have achieved the goal that they wanted. Say they wanted to make 10 million a year. Boom, that's their goal, they achieved it. Now they're a millionaire. And when you look at it, yes, you became a millionaire. Yes, you have wealth, yes, you have money. But that will come and go. That when you're old and maybe your, your money runs out, that will come and go. That's materialistic things. When you realize that all the little opportunities, all the little things that you did to achieve that goal had a lifelong lesson that you can hold on to, 
something that you can pass on to your next generation whether it's whether it's learning how to balance money whether it's um, learning how to be responsible whether it's learning how to be confident how to um, be respectful all these little things that you learned along this roller coaster ride of an experience end up being more infinitely beneficial for you because you're able to pass that on to your kids you're able to pass that on to somebody else and um just recently um just recently this came into my life again this past week we went to walmart and um it's getting closer to summer and i really wanted to buy a tent for my family so I tell my wife, okay, let's go get this tent. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I used to camp out in Hawaii all the time. Whenever we had the opportunity to, you know, me and my brothers would set up a camp, a, a, our tent right in the side yard that we had at the apartments. <clears throat> we set up the tent right there. It would be perfect. We used to camp out there every, you know, lots of weekends over and over and over. That was just our thing, and we loved it. And so I was, like, trying to bring that, that part of who I was, that memory that I had, the lessons I learned there, the opportunities, the, the fun, the joy that I remember as a child, I wanted to bring that and share that with my kids, an experience that I and has always been with me, an experience that I want to share with my children. So I was like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. So we did that. We set up the tent in the, in the garage, and my girls were just excited. We surprised them when they came back from church. The tent was already set up. I put it in the garage because I wasn't sure if the girls would, my daughters would appreciate it being out in the in the yard just yet because if they get scared or whatever they would walk into the back house back door of the house and go in the house or whatever <clears throat> so i wasn't trying to scare them yet so we figured put it in the garage test it out see how the girls like it whatever they came home from church they're they're running through it and everything it was fun it was it was enjoyable for them and um we got to spend we didn't get to sleep in it we only slept in it one night because it was, like I said, the weather out here is crazy. It was freezing cold. But um, we were able to hang out there, play toys in there. It was like it was like our own little world. You know, you put yourself outside of what we're, com- what we're known to do. And now we're sitting in this world that we, we created for ourselves. My, my two youngest ones are playing with their blocks, their magnet blocks. Um, my oldest daughter, she's just hanging out with me, learning how to play the ukulele and stuff. And... The moment that I saw the three of my daughters light up and want to be in this tent made me feel like I was doing something right as a father. I was sharing an experience with them that I I hope to build on and to replicate time and time again. Excuse me. Time and time again, so that they will gain an experience and be like, whenever they see a tent, now they'll be like, my dad used to camp out in the garage with us growing up as kids. Or my dad used to take us to go camp out in the backyard when we were kids, start a fire, learn first aid, anything that I can teach them, anything, any of my wisdom or experience that I've had, I can share now with them. And so what I'm saying is that even if we look forward to moments of just spending time with family, you have to build up those different opportunities to make and bring in excitement, to make that, that moment of opportunity, moment that you want, 
even if it's just spending time with family, you have to work on making that moment happen, make that experience take place. And um, I was blessed enough to have that opportunity and that moment happen to me. The other experience I had, which made me cry, was, and this is where I go off the fact that sometimes moments happen to us without us expecting it. Moments that we can cherish. So there's this, so the same, it was the same day, okay? We made the tent, we were having fun, we were all this stuff. That same day, we were in the house, in our home, playing with the kids and whatnot. And we started playing music on the Google Home. And the girls were listening to Sing, the uh, animated movie, whatever, soundtrack. Sing came on, and their favorite character, Johnny, was singing, um, I'm still standing, right? So they start singing the song. They start dancing. They start moving around. And when you're able to take a step back, and just let, enjoy the moment that you see in front of you. You cherish it more, I believe. That's how I feel as a father or, or, or you're able, or just as a human being, you're able to see what blessing God has given you right then and there, okay? So as I'm sitting there, I'm watching them, the song's going, the atmosphere is just, is just bright, it just feels great. Good feelings all around, nice and warm feeling. I see my three daughters, listening to the same song, expressing it differently for their for for who they are. My oldest daughter is singing, singing the lyrics. She's very good at remembering words. I am not. She must have her mother's gift. So she's singing the song. My second daughter is jumping around, going crazy, going nuts, screaming the words out. And my baby, who who doesn't speak yet, is dancing, literally shaking her butt to this song. And when I stopped and just stepped back a little bit and saw this beautiful moment take place, even now when I'm thinking about it, I'm starting to cry up. It just brought tears of happiness to my, my eyes. I was just excited. I was so thankful in that moment. I, I just started crying. And I knew, and I still know, that that was a blessed moment for me, where I get to just see my daughters enjoy themselves and express themselves 100% in their own way. Now, I, I am grateful for that moment. Did I build up that opportunity? Yeah, you might say I did. But I didn't expect it to happen. Like I said, sometimes great moments fall upon you. But if you're not able to step back and look and see what happened or look and see what what the benefit is from this moment, then you've lost it. You've lost all, all opportunity, about, uh, all experience from that. Now I have a simple two-minute experience that I can keep with me forever. Two-minute moment that really did cherish my soul, uplift it a little bit for that day. And I am grateful for, to, to God for allowing me to have that, that moment, to allow that to happen to me because now I, I, now I feel like I'm better for it and encourages me to be a better father, to, to work on getting those special moments all the time.
you know, because my wife, like we we were talking about it with some some friends. Um, <laughs> these are like they're like they're our friends, but more so my wife's friends. They were saying like, oh, you know, um, you know, we know your wife, we know her very well, but it's like it's you. I'm glad you get you could come here and have dinner with us because we really don't know you. And I go, yeah, it's because I'm working all the time, and it's on it. It's truthful. I, I do work a lot. Um, and I'm like, yeah, and we started talking even more. And I told them that I work a lot and it's hard sometimes because I feel like I'm missing out on the growth of my girls. And it's true. I'm missing time that I wish I could have around them. But it's when I take the opportunities and the, take, um, respect the moments that come, to, that come to me, I cherish them. And I said, you know, and we talked about my wife. Like if my wife had gone to work, I think it would be harder for her. Because looking at it now, she's watched our kids from when they were a baby. You know, seen them grow, walk, stretch, talk, realize, look around, dance, express themselves the best way they can. She's had all these moments, all these opportunities and all these beautiful moments. She's had to capture them. She's had a chance to be there when I know that if she was at work during that time, she would be missing out on, on something more so key and so valuable and so precious that, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you can't get that back, you know? And it's a sacrifice that she had to make because she's a hard worker. She likes to make, she loves to make, who doesn't like to make money, right? She's a hard worker. She loves money, she lo not loves money, but she loves to make money. She's a very independent woman. Um, and when we made this agreement that I would work so that she could be home and raise our kids, um, yes, it was to help with the situation of taking care of our children. Because if we sent them to a daycare, to a family member, it's like we already losing out eight hours of their life because we're both going to go to work. And when our kids come home, it's dinner. You know, it's dinner time and off to bed. So we really don't spend that much time with them. So when she was, when she sacrificed going to work to take care of our kids, I know that, it, I know and I feel that in my bones, she is better for it. She has, she got the better, the better option, you know, because I told her that, you know, whatever it takes, I will work how many jobs I need to work to make sure we are all taken care of. And to make sure that you are able to be home with our girls, to cherish them, to nurture them, to help them grow. Because once they go into school, that's it. We lose hours with them. You will lose hours with them because they're going to school. Then when they get older, they're not going to want to hang out with us. They're going to come home from school and be like, hi, dad, I got to go. I'm going to go do this. Bye. And we lose even more time with them. Is that a bad thing? No. But imagine if you didn't have any time with them growing up. Now you definitely have no time with them as they get older. I think for me that would be hard. And I know for my wife, she's very loving, she's very caring. I know that would be hard for her as well. I'm already losing out on time because I have to work and there's, I can't complain. I mean, I can complain, there's no problem with complaining, but I'm not gonna stop because I know my responsibility is to take care of them in that type of sense. And my wife, God bless her, she's going, she's, She's got a hard job being a mom, but at the same time, 
She's also got a, a beautiful and wonderful job being a mom. Being able to see our girls grow. Because I wish I had that. That'd be nice. Like I said, if somebody could pay me to watch my kids, pfft, be great. If they could take, if they could pay me what I make here at work, what I make at work, then yeah, for sure, I'd stay home. I, I would love to do that. You know, and my wife would love to do that. To get paid to be a mom. To get paid to be a dad. It's great. Because that's, that, that's something that we would, it would double. <coughs> it'd double everything. It'd be great moments and experiences with my kids, watching them grow up and getting paid. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that in their life? But anyways, that's basically my Manao moment. In your life, notice the opportunities that come. Judge them for what they are. Take advantage of them. Because whether or not you know it or whether or not you've planned for it, the moment that you are looking forward to achieving will happen. But you have to take those opportunities. You have to go and do certain things that will get you to where you are. But remember, a lot of times it's not where you're going that's most valuable. It's the, it's the wisdom and experience that you learned along that journey to achieve that moment that really, really should stand out and should make you a better person. Okay, regardless, it's the journey. A lot of times people look for the end result, but realize that, for example, let's say, let's say running a marathon. You try to run a race, you try to be the first, the, the, you try to win the race and be the first person to win, right? Well, you end up coming in fourth. You don't end up making, making the, the Olympic bracket, okay, first, second, and third place. You don't end up making the medal. But you came in fourth place. Yes, you didn't win the moment. You didn't get the moment you wanted. But as you look back and you see, I trained my butt off. I never thought I would even get close to this. I wanted first place. I tried so hard to get first place. But I got fourth. Means I am the fourth fastest person in all of these people that came. I worked my butt off. I got into better shape. I got into a healthier eating habit. I got into um, a scheduled regimen to maintain my health, to maintain my athletic ability. All these things, take advantage of what you've learned along that road, whether or not you achieve the goal. Then you adjust and try to achieve the goal again. But take everything that you've learned, good and bad. Okay, I cannot be, I cannot be drinking two nights before, before I have to train. I cannot be... You know, eating a bag of, of M&M's before I go to bed. Like, it, all those little things, all those little adjustments will make you a better person. Whether you're trying to achieve your goal or whether you're just trying to be a good person overall. Take those lessons of wisdom, experience, and put them to good use. Okay? Value them. Cherish them. Because that's what's going to take you further than just, okay, I've, I've got a gold medal. Okay, whoop de doo What is that going to do for me? Okay? We know there's a lot of gold medalists out there. What is that doing for them? Okay, the gold itself is not really doing much. It's what they learned to achieve that gold that's progressing them in their life now, right? All right, anyways, sorry. Just had to uh, push that one through. Anyway, that's pretty much it for that segment. Thank you so much. Now it's over to, excuse me, it's news to me. All right. So let's scroll down here. 
Okay. So, um, I had this question in my head. I was like, okay, I want to understand who invented Coca-Cola and why. You know, I've been drinking Coke a lot lately. Um, just because, I, you know, I like the flavor, I like the burn. Um, and so I was like, okay, I... People were saying that, oh, they used to put cocaine in these products. That was the whole thing. And so I'm like, okay, um, I don't know if that's truthful or not. So I kind of just looked it up. But I also wanted to know why was Coca-Cola invented in the first place. Okay, and so here's the results I did from a little Google search. Okay, okay, okay. Coca-Cola, or Coke, according to Wikipedia, is a carbonated soft drink manufactured by the Coca-Cola company. Um, oh, originally it was marketed as a temperance drink and intended as a patent medicine. Hmm. It was invented in the late 19th century by John Stith Pemberton in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, then later on in 1888, he sold his rights um, to Asa Griggs Candler who later took Coca-Cola to the next level and became this, you know, um, global dominant force. Uh, the drink's name refers to two of its original ingredients, coca leaves and cola nuts, a source of caffeine. Um, the current formula of Coca-Cola is a trade and guarded a secret. Um, there are a different variety of reported recipes and experimental recre recreations. Uh, which have been published. Uh, the secrecy around the formula has been used by Coca-Cola in its marketing as only a handful of anonymous employees know the real formula. Ooh, some Willy Wonka stuff right here, yo. Uh, the drink has inspired imitators and created a whole classification of soft drinks called colas. Um, no, skip that. Okay, uh, the most common of these different Coke names is Diet Coke, along with others including caffeine-free Coca-Cola, Diet Coke, caffeine-free, Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, Coca-Cola Cherry, Coca-Cola Vanilla, and special versions with lemon, lime, and coffee. Ooh, Coca-Cola and coffee. Jesus, a double shot. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so this was, um, so getting into the founder, right, to understand you know, why he came up with this. Confederate Colonel John Pemberton, wounded in the American Civil War and addicted to morphine, also had a medical degree and began a quest to find a substitute for the problematic drug. Great idea, morphine, not too bad, but at the same time, probably not something you want to inhale, ingest all the time. Um, in 1885, at Pemberton's Eagle Drug and Chemical House, his drugstore in Columbus, Georgia, he registered uh, Pemberton's French wine coca nerve tonic. Pemberton's tonic may have been inspired by the formidable success of Vin Mariani, a French Corsian coca wine, but his recipe additionally included the African cola nut, the beverage's source of caffeine. It is also worth noting that the Spanish drink called Cola Coca was presented at a contest in Philadelphia in 1885, a year before the official birth of Coca-Cola. Okay, so this is where they're trying to—they're trying to, you know, differentiate. Of course, in history, they said, you know, these these guys made a Spanish drink called Cola Coca, 
and Coca-Cola wanted to come out as well. Okay. Um, and then in 1953, the rights for this Spanish drink, Cola Coca, were bought by Coca-Cola. Very smart, so that now that there's no confusion, they're able to wipe the market out, they're able to just take advantage and move forward. Um, okay, in 1886, um, there is Atlanta passed prohibition legislation. Pemberton, Colonel Pemberton, responded by developing Coca-Cola, a non-alcoholic version of the wine that he also created, um, French wine coca. It was marketed as Coca-Cola, which appealed to many people as the temperance movement enjoyed wide support during this time. Nice. So he came up with an idea to change a negative into a positive. He had an idea, he had a goal, he had a moment that he wanted to achieve because what he's going through is crap and so morphine's good, but at the same time, it's bad. So he wanted to change that around. And he, how many opportunities along the way he had to jump through hoops and whatever. It, it, he learned from every moment he had. It, even to sell his company and then to give it, to sell it to this man who now made it a worldwide, who was able to bring world, like dominance to this name, this brand, and eventually... Now it is what it is. Coca-Cola is worldwide. It is massive. I believe Warren Buffett owns it now. Um, but, like, if it didn't happen, if he didn't take that advantage or learn from those opportunities, do you think we would actually have Coca-Cola now? Hmm? hmm? Do you think we would enjoy such a refreshing drink late at night at parties, at get-togethers, game nights, NFL nights? If there was no Coca-Cola in the world... Wow, it would be a different world for sure. But I'm grateful that this man came up with this idea, went for it, and now it's been around the world for so many years, since 1885, 86. That's a lot. That's hundreds of years. That's good. For, well, not hundreds. At least 100 years. 1986. So next one would be 2086. Yeah. So it's been around for a while. <laughs> At least 100 years. But... Thank you, Mr. Colonel Pemberton, for coming up with the idea. Great. All right. Now, lastly, um, let's see here. Last thing we're going to do. Oh, Thought Bucket. Thought, Thought Bucket. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hmm. What is this? Oh. Okay. We'll just go with this one. I don't think I did this one. Um, it says here. Oh, yeah. It says here, what was your favorite candy growing up? Okay. Um, if you don't know what my thought bucket is, basically just thoughts and random thoughts and questions I have in my head. I write them down, throw it in here, shake it up, and pull one out. Um, I guess this one fell out when I was shaking. Uh, so what is my favorite candy? Growing up, honestly, my favorite candy was sweet tarts. Whenever we'd go to the movies, they had those boxes. I would buy one. Asked my parents to buy me one, and whenever we would get it, oh man, they were so delicious. Um, I used to eat those at baseball games. If any, if anybody wanted to get me a gift, I would tell them, just get me candy, get me my sweet tarts. I'm good to go. That's it. Sweet tarts and the Himoy Caesar. So that was my favorite stuff to have um, growing up as a kid. 
Um, hopefully I can pass that on to my kids. Um, probably not the, not the bad teeth part, but the part where <laughs> they enjoy candy just as much as I do. So yes, that is something that I want to pass on to them. And that was an enjoyable moment for me, for sure. Whenever I had sweet tarts in my hand, you know it was going to be a good day. <laughs> but anyways, that's pretty much it for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of A Hawaiian Podcast. I am your host, Kalei2K. This is where we set up. This is my beautiful Kanaka Maoli flag behind me. And I hope you guys are going to have a great week. Uh, let me just give you some uh, updates. There's uh, an upcoming event. Uh, if you do live in Utah by chance and you happen to be in the Linden area, I will be performing at Hapa's uh, Ohana Barbecue Grill Saturday, May 7th. 2022 so come on down to the restaurant if you follow me on instagram i will be posting up uh, location time all that jazz um <clears throat> and then uh, i just want to let you know that i am clay 2k on all social media platforms facebook instagram youtube tiktok take a look there um i do perform music so that's that's another thing besides doing this podcast besides working i also play music and um, Hawaiian music, island music, some country songs here and there. So if you are interested and maybe you want to just see what I do or how I do it, you can check my social media platforms. I have some covers out there. Um, I haven't done one in a while, so updating it would be a good idea. Uh, on top of that, um, if you do have an opportunity to come down to the restaurants and these events that I perform at, you get to see me. On all my social media platforms, there's very various ways that you can contact me if you are interested in me performing for you. Um, for example, I have a I have a wedding coming up. I have a birthday party coming up. I just did a baby shower, so things are going good. Things are going good. So if you guys want to, you know, take a look at that, come see me live in person. I will keep posting that stuff on Instagram so you guys can take a look, and uh, on Facebook and on on what uh, other social media platforms so that you guys can come. Take a look and be like, okay, he's good enough. How I'll hire him to come and perform for our, our office luau that we're going to put together, or my my daughter's f fourth birthday, or or my grandson's graduation. You know, anytime you want Hawaii music brought to you, give me a call. All right, check me out. So um, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to do is promote this uh, personal like website thing. It's called uh, Milkshake. It's an app, but you can also look me up online. Um, it's M. S H A dot K E backslash K A L E I, the number two and a K. So, uh, yeah, M S H A dot K E backslash K A L E I, the number two K backslash. Look me up on that as well. It's basically just a small little profile image of me, a small little about section. Click on one of the social media links at the bottom and it'll hook you up straight to your, uh, straight onto your phone. So it'd be easy, easy, good to go. Um, Okay, and finally, last few things. Okay, finally, on my YouTube page and my Instagram um, platforms, whenever I post, um, especially this podcast um, episodes, just a little brief, whatever, please look at the comments. There's questions in there. I want to interact with you folks. I want to get to know your perspective. You know, what did you have as a kid growing up? Like, what kind of candies did you enjoy? Or, you know, what is a, a special opportunity or moment that you'd like to share? Because I want to interact with my fans or people who are listening so that they can, um, I can hear their perspective. And maybe you guys are out, are, are, are out there to teach me something. Something that I can learn from, you know, cherishing moments like this or whatever experience comes along the way that questions or answers that you can give me. Okay. Thank you guys once again. 
Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, my name is Kalei Tuke. Thank you for listening to the A Hawaiian Podcast. Love each and every one of you Hawaiians near, far, and everywhere in between. Take care. God bless. And always remember, spread aloha, not hate. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Chee-hee. Aloha. Aloha.